So I had a birthday a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I turned 32. Mm-hmm. Not ashamed of it. No. Pretty excited. I prefer even numbered years. So <laughs> sure. I yeah. feel I feel good. Um, but Jordan the other night casually at dinner was saying, I think I said something about my 16-year-old self or I don't know. And Jordan was like, oh, well, you know, you've now lived the same amount of years yeah. as you had when you were 16. Since then. Yeah. My mind was totally blown. Um, and then to like, I don't know, emphasize this further, my, I got a phone call from mm-hmm. my university. Very exciting. Um, I am receiving an alumni award. Hooray. Which is really cool. I am super disappointed because Jordan is working and cannot come with me. And I feel like if you do the Christian college thing and like find your spouse in college, then you ought to not have to go to alumni stuff without your spouse. True. Like, I just feel like I paid the dues. Like, <laughs> I got married. Why do I have to return to this stuff without a partner? Yeah. An extroverted partner who could help me navigate this field. Um, it is so useful. Oh, God, it's so useful. But... I say all that to say that this um, former professor called to, like, let me know, and I started to take notes. I even kept the paper where, like, I wrote down because he said, we're presenting you with this award. We do two awards every year, one for young alumni and one for distinguished alumni. So I started to write on my thing, young alumni award, and he was like, and because you graduated more than 10 years ago, you qualify for the distinguished alumni award. And you were like, ooh. And I literally said, I'm sorry? Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, Now, granted, I only graduated, like, exactly over 10 years ago. Because you graduated early. I graduated early. Graduated in... I was a December graduate. So you were 21, right? Yeah. And... But I... I mean, he could... He laughed at me. Like, he could hear the shock in my voice. Like, and then when I was practicing... So I have to give this speech or presentation of some kind. And so I was practicing it for Jordan the other night. And I realized... Like, we were in great books, and I don't know how y'all did great books, but we had to submit questions in writing, and I realized that now they submit questions, like, electronically, mm. and I just felt so old, and it really put a damper on my excitement for turning 32. Oh. I'm so old. I'm having my 10-year high school reunion this year. Yeah, you're old. It's just crazy. Is that why my, like, hips hurt so much? Yeah, that or you might need to stop writing and like go do something episode 159 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I have not been good about seeing movies this past year. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. It's that time of year. It's normally my favorite time of year. What is wrong with me? What happened to us? I don't know. That we didn't make it to the movie theater. I Look, and I did make it to the movie theater, and I chose to see Paddington 2. Oh. A decision I do not regret. Sure. It's excellent. I think it still has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, probably. So you should check it out. It looks a lot better than Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit, Beatrix Potter, is rolling in her grave. Yep. That completely disregards the spirit of those books. Yes, it completely does. And, like, 
I love all the actors in that I do movie. too. That's what the were problem. they thinking? I don't know. Were they just thinking, we'll pay homage to Beatrix Potter? But no, this is trash. It turns like this like charmingly mischievous little, little bunny, bunny into, into like, a brat. And a jerk. It looks like the kind of movie my parents wouldn't have let me see. <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> we were not allowed to see movies in which children were brats. I didn't see Home Alone until I was... In high school. Weren't you not allowed to watch Rugrats? Didn't, didn't watch Rugrats. Um, Salute your shorts. You any would have loved it. Rugrats. It's so good. You know what, though? I don't regret it. You could watch it now. And I it think would be I funny. have many flaws, but Bratty isn't one of them. <laughs> so, Fair. Fair. So, uh, I saw Paddington instead of Shape of Water, Three Billboards, The Post, you name it. I, I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it. <laughs> the only Oscar movie, and Jordan and I, like, we have an Oscar party in our home yeah. every year. I've only seen Lady Bird. And Get Out. Oh, and Get Out. And Dunkirk. And Dunkirk. So you are one up on me. Okay, good. I've seen two of these movies. You've seen three. All right. Um, But we saw Get Out and Dunkirk came out like a year Years ago. Years ago. Yep. Feels <laughs> like another um, life. It was a very ago. long time ago. Um, And so if you are new to the podcast, every year Annie and I get together and talk about the Best Picture nominees and what kinds of books these are either adapted from or what kinds of books... You might like if you liked any of these movies. Yeah, and so this year it's a little different, right? right. Because normally you see a lot of these Best Picture nominees based right. on literature. And so a couple of years ago we had like The Revenant that was based mm-hmm. on a novel and whatever else came out God, that, that year. That was the year there were a lot. Uh, the Martian yeah. um, was in there. Like it was three or four of them were, that were based on recent novels. Yeah. That's not the case, not the case this, this time. No. But we still were able to come up pretty quickly with some comp yeah. titles. We I looked guess. at the list and we we're like, yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. So I th- we thought we could kind of start there. Can we start with Lady Bird? Let's, because what a perfect movie. Oh my gosh. I cannot. I just want to see it over and over again. Did you feel a connection with it partly because of your Christian education? Um. No. God, I really Maybe did. Maybe a little bit. I, I, obviously, Catholic school is very different from Baptist right. school, but, and she graduates in the movie in 03, and I graduated yes. in 04, so there was just a lot going on, like the music, the day, mm-hmm. uh, crash into me, when mm-hmm. they started playing mm-hmm. that song, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is my life, like, I, and she, well, I don't want to spoil it for people, but the friendship between, yep. like, felt very much like some of the decisions I made mm-hmm. in high school. And then her relationship with her mom felt intimately familiar. Like, look, look, not the unhealthy parts, but, like, I think many women know what it is like for a mom to both say, oh, that dress looks beautiful on you, but you also could use a little more blush. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I feel like my mother had done... Yeah, my mother did that, and I don't fault her for that. I think that's just moms are around to try to make us our better versions of ourselves. That might be so. I loved that movie. I thought it was great. I'm glad that it's, you know, of the many nominees, like the one that I've actually seen. Yeah. Um, but I also read a piece the other day, and I can't remember which publication. I thought it was Variety, but when I Googled for it later, like, I couldn't find it. I have okay. no idea where this piece was from. So if anybody knows, please let me know. Yeah. com. I'll sneak it into the show notes. But essentially saying, if you liked Lady Bird, guess what? You like YA literature. Mm. Um because it's what it is yeah. in its best form. Yeah. It's what YA aspires to be. And Which, we talked about this on the show last week. Exactly. Um, it's this great look at a teenager who is going through normal teenage things mm-hmm. and like struggling with love. Yeah. Struggling with the idea of like, am I supposed to be with somebody? 
do I like these people? What do I like about these people? Who am who, I? I was about to say, who am I? And and we talked last week about the nostalgia factor. Yeah. And definitely there's an obvious nostalgia factor for me, especially in Lady Bird. But it doesn't rely on that right. nostalgia factor. Like, anybody could go in and watch that movie yep. and totally be taken back to their high school years. But also feel for the mom in yep. the movie. Feel her relationship I with have her. Less, I have less sympathy for the mom in that movie. You would. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I, have, but I feel like I have... I, I, the, her relationship with her dad is really something yes, sweet. Yes, very interesting. Um, I mean, her mom is tough, but what is the actress's name who plays that mother? Uh, I don't remember. She's losing to Allison Janney uh, in, like, all the award shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't seen um, I, Tanya yet, but she is so, to me, so good. In, oh, um, the, the in portrayal Lady is great. Yeah. The character is very interesting. Yeah, the character is really interesting. I do have some sympathy for her, but... All of these things, yeah, are great tenets of YA literature when it's done well. When it's done well. Yeah. And so, what are some comp titles for Lady Bird? I immediately thought of Dumplin'. Yeah. This is a book I wanted to talk about last week, but we just didn't get to it. I'm Because I'm not even quite sure it falls in that YA romance category. Mm-hmm. It is so much about the main character. Right. And there is some mother-daughter... Um, Drama feels like it does disservice, but there's a mother-daughter relationship that is complicated. Um, and this young woman who is very confident, and I think I think Lady Bird is very... Co- I mean, she has changed she's her name to Lady Bird. Yes. Like, she's totally confident in who she is, but she still doesn't quite know who she is. And the protagonist in Dumplin' is kind of the same way. Like, she's very sure of herself, um, but she tries to do, um, she is from Texas and she, her hero is Dolly Parton and she tries to compete in this pageant despite the fact that she is heavier than the other contestants and then your typical kind of Texas beauty queen. It is such a good book that stuck with me a long time. I mean, I still recommend it and I read it years ago. Yeah. Um, it's written by Julie Murphy, who I really like a lot of what she has written. Um, but I think Lady Bird and Dumplin' would be fast friends in real life. Like, I just think, <laughs> I don't know. I think they would really love each other. Um, and then you mentioned... Um, where'd you go, Bernadette? Yeah, which I think is a great comp title. Again, complicated mother-daughter stuff right. um, in a weird kind of setting. Um, it That book still brings a smile to my face and still sells pretty well uh, for us at the bookshelf. It's it's really good. If, if it's one of those backlist titles that a reader has missed it'd be worth reading. Like, it's mm-hmm. not one of those you should miss, and then, eh, you don't need to read that. One that just occurred to me that I didn't think of last week or now, because it's not a YA romance or novel, and, like, it's it's just literary fiction, but the first half of Kitchen's The Great Midwest... Oh, yeah. It really fits into this, too, when, like, the characters are still young and yeah. teenagers. Because um, I think, like, even in the last chapter, like, she's only, like, 30. Yeah. Um, so, like, it is still, like, a young person's story, and I think that fits into here too yeah somebody discovering herself and what she's passionate about absolutely so yeah if you liked Lady Bird first of all if you haven't seen Lady if you haven't Bird, seen Lady Bird please go out and go see, see it. it it's such a good That's perfect so movie. good it, it is perfect like yeah, like honestly it's perfect I just don't know anything I would have changed there was like so there's one scene um when it won't spoil the context where like her nose starts bleeding mm-hmm. and like I wish that had been brought into the story beforehand like mm-hmm. that this is a thing that happens to her. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's my only fault with the movie. Right. Like this one thing Which that is like minuscule. Yep. Yeah. So good. I wish she would rent I wish Greta Gerwig would win um director. I hope she does. I think she might, but she, she probably might too, won't. But, but who we knows? never know. Anyway, um so very very different, but also <laughs> 
Maybe not. I don't know. I don't Isn't know. that the whole thing? <laughs> um, the Shape of Water. Yeah, I don't... Okay. I don't... This is more my speed than yours, I think. Yeah. But I'm, part of me is like... <clears throat> so I saw the previews, mm-hmm. the trailers, and I was like, I mean, that looks weird. Yeah. But I like Octavia Spencer. Yeah. So... And then the woman... Isn't the main character in that movie Paddington's mom? Is she? I think so. Oh my. If not, I've just made a severe error, but I feel like We're going to look that up. <laughs> um, I like Guillermo del Toro. I really liked Pan's Labyrinth in college until I saw it like five too many times because it was always like, what do you guys want to do? Let's watch Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, you were so weird. Yeah, no, we were so <laughs> weird. Um, and so we watched it a lot and I just like can't. Right. anymore but i do still listen to the soundtrack when i write okay um it like brings me into like college stress writing oh. and, <laughs> and so i'm like yeah absolutely just, like furiously typing feverish um and so i do like this director a lot okay. i think he's done some really interesting things but shape of water if you don't know about it is this kind of supernatural romance about a woman who falls in love with a fish man who is like also like a test subject in some kind of secret government lab so i don't I don't know. I still want to see this, but every time I say that to someone, they are immediately like, Annie, do not go see this. And I don't know. Like, so I can't honestly, tell. that's all I know about right, it. Right, me too. Um, because I, I, the trailer. I try to avoid think, knowing things about movies before right. I see them. And so, like, that's what I know. It sounds really up my alley. Like, I think that's interesting. It certainly sounds more up your alley yeah. than mine. That's true. Um, and it looks weird, mm-hmm. but I can't figure out where people's, like, guttural reaction to me. Right. Like, I don't know where that's coming from. Is there some I think people some just stuff? assume that you don't like things that are out of the ordinary. And right. sometimes you do. Sure. Uh, case in point, the book that I think is totally in line with this with this movie is Away Land mm-hmm. by Ramona Osabel. Right. It's a book we've talked about. I won't go you know, I won't go into too much more detail. It's just just about to come out, right? Yeah, it comes out March? March, March 6th. Um, we've talked about it because I read the ARC and I really loved it. And I was glad I loved it because I, I yeah. wanted to like this writer's... I mean, I loved um, Sons and Daughters of Ease and Plenty, right. her other novel. Um, so this is her short story collection. And she basically takes ki- kind of this mythical approach, which isn't something I am normally attracted to. That right. is true. Um, but she takes, for example, the first short story, which I know will be off-putting or confusing to some people, but it's uh, Cyclops, like, responding and taking out a dating um, and a dating ad. Interesting and funny. I think it's really interesting and creative, and, um, I mean, it sets the tone for yeah. the oddities that take right. place in this short story collection, but she uses stuff like that to really point us to greater truths about um, belonging right. and home. And, and that's the point of these kinds of things. That's right. It's what I always try to tell my, especially like my medieval lit students, like medieval literature is very different from modern literature. Like don't be afraid that it's not what you expect. Yes. Like be encouraged by that. Take joy in the fact that it's something new and different. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think many readers are turned off by like these things that are not real. Yeah. And I, and, and I can't figure out why. And, well, and admittedly, sometimes I am too. Like sometimes... I don't always, I mean, I felt like for a long time at the bookshelf, you, I would just say, oh, Chris likes fantasy, sci-fi, even though you didn't really in that genre specific term, but you did more than I did. Sure. And, um, I like the magical realism. Exactly. And I don't always, but I really did like a Wayland. And so when I look at Shape of Water, even though I've not seen that film yet, to me, the two would go hand in hand. <laughs> Which is a funny <laughs> joke about one of the stories in a Wayland. <laughs> I, oh, I was thinking fin to fin. Oh. 
<laughs> Another one that just occurred to me is Born by Jeff Vandermeer. Oh, yeah. Um, that is, like, it's not a romance, but, well, it kind of is. Um, but it's about relationships between humans and not humans. Yeah. Um, and, like, this being that has sentience and does think and is smart and how it relates to its human mother, yeah. friend, companion. Okay. Um, and so, like, not exactly the same, but definitely on the same wavelength. Oh, same themes, yeah. for sure. Um, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's a good comment. Because um, it's really about how, how to be related to the world around us that isn't just people. Yeah. And it's just being very personalized in mm-hmm. this in this thing. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Um, what's next? Three billboards? Three billboards. Look. Which we have not seen. <laughs> we are, like, the least uh, intelligent <laughs> people to be talking about this right now. Exactly. And we're um, doing it out of tradition. Yeah. But... Here's the thing. Jordan did go and see this. Yep. He thought it was fine. I believe his words... Yeah, I think those were his words. It was fine, Annie. You should go see it and tell me what you think. I think that was exactly And so I feel like said. I've heard two schools of criticism on this movie. Like, one, it was good, or two, it wasn't enough. Yeah. And then I think... Uh, I've also heard the criticism of it's... The acting is superb. The writing is not. Okay. So that I've and also so heard that criticism. But we do know that this is about... Um, an unsolved crime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the rape and murder of a young woman um, and her mother's kind of pursuit of justice. Yeah. And I'm assuming the three billboards from the title are the billboards she takes that out. That she takes out to kind of call the um, police out right. on not investigating this. Right. And Francis McDermott. Mm-hmm. McDormand. Dormand. Dylan. Dylan McDermott. Yeah. getting Francis real confused. <laughs> anyway, she has gotten a ton of. I think yes. she has won all of the pre pre-awards yeah. to the Oscars, so I wouldn't be surprised if she won. This was a hard one because I have not seen right. this movie. However, I will tell you a book that I'm really excited about, and I previewed it in Literary Luncheon, and I desperately want to read it. I just don't know when. Um, but it's called Fal- A False Report, and okay. it's the true story of rape in America. Okay. Um, it's written by two award-winning journalists, so I don't think it's going to be kitschy true crime. I think it's going to be really thoughtful. Um, It's about the sexual assault of a young woman in, I believe it's Seattle, who reports um, what has happened to her, but Mm -hmm. the police cannot find evidence. Mm -hmm. And so they're concerned it's a false report. And then months, maybe even a year or so later, a similar series Mm -hmm. of rapes and assaults happens in I want to say Utah, somewhere more middle of the country, and they wonder, uh oh, did we same. miss? Right. Did we miss this? So that that's my understanding is the premise. It looks really good and interesting. Um, I just have not read it yet, but it's a book that I was looking forward to, and it came out I think two weeks ago. So mm. if you if you are like some of the critics, and the book di- or the movie did not maybe go far enough for you mm-hmm. or tackle the depth and the nuance of that issue for you, then maybe a book would be a great way to explore right. the themes further. And I think another one that did that similarly, but in a more specific way a couple of years ago, was The Hunting Ground. Yeah. And um, that talked about more like campus rape and campus yeah. assault. Um, but in the same vein of like exploring, like why do these things go unreported? Why do they go uninvestigated? And yeah. What can we do to change that? Yeah. Um, it's a very important conversation. And, <laughs> and I'm glad if, if a movie... Even if it doesn't do enough. Doesn't do enough, but but makes people aware it's not doing enough, then okay. Like okay. we're having we at least gotten the conversation. Yeah, we're having the conversation. Yeah. That's good. Um, one that I do want to see and that we have mentioned on the show before is Call Me By Your Name. Which is a novel. Which is actually adapted from a novel. Yeah. Um, it came out a few years ago. Did you read it? I didn't. Um, it's 
I, I think we talked about it before in the context of having it as a comp title to Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. And we just learned some things about James Baldwin and Marlon Brando in the news this week. Oh, I missed it. Which was very it. interesting. Oh, no, I missed that. Um, we will talk after the show. Um, but it is um, kind of a YA romance about a... Certainly seven, about young people. Yeah, about a 17-year-old who goes to Italy with his family, his father's professor, and they bring the professor's grad student, who's a 24-year-old, and they have this kind of passionate affair. Mm-hmm. Um, they are both men, mm-hmm. and that is the big, like, point mm-hmm. <laughs> of the story, right? That this is this is a gay romance, um, and is getting a lot of good press. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be a very, very well-done movie. I've not seen it. I um, really, really loved, seems like a hard word to use, but I was captivated by Moonlight mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, Moonlight was tough. Yes. Um, that is a hard movie to it's watch. It's a hard movie to watch. And from what I've read, this one is not. Okay. It is much more joyful. It's okay. not so sad. Okay. Um, not in the same way, anyway, yeah. because Moonlight, as much as it, as it is about that, it's also about class and oh, race. Oh, it's about a lot of things. Um, and and like poor socioeconomic circumstance like it's a it's a rough movie yeah um this is not this is about rich white people in italy um (laughs) which is very different but it does star timothy chalamet who was one of the love interests in lady bird oh so he's in he's having a big year he's having a really big year good for him good for him right and then the other um actor is army hammer oh right i have thoughts about army hammer i'll save them for another time i think he's just a blandly handsome man yes but who and like is a trying, totally fine actor trying to make it and I don't really need he's him to good make as it. the Winklevoss twins and yeah, Social Network that's the only thing I yeah. really uh, that's I think the only he was the Lone Ranger him, he was <laughs> but the Wink what are their names Winklevoss Winklevoss twins are the only thing that like make Army Hammer memorable yeah. to me also in his sorry dumb name yeah his name's Army Hammer it just sounds like something Arnold Schwarzenegger should be saying Army Hammer <laughs> so back on topic <laughs> I would I would go back to Giovanni's Room by James Baldwin. I think that's a perfect comp title for this movie. Um, explores very similar themes, um, but from the perspective of a black man in the mid-century, mid-20th century, what um, a- which adds some different nuance. What about, and I don't know, I think to me it sounds like it would be more than just settings similar, but My Brilliant Friend, only because, yes, it's got similar, obviously a similar setting, but I guess I just look at friendship and complicated mm-hmm. relationships and I don't know. Maybe my brilliant yeah. friend might be a tie-in. And I hesitate to go like a little life because yeah. it's a little too on the nose. Yeah. And it's not that kind of like tragic I was going to say, and a little, a little life is so much more tragic. So much more. Um, and so like we're having a hard time with this one because we haven't seen it. I haven't seen and it. And it's a little out of genre for us. I haven't read it either. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I really do want to see it. Yeah. Um, We'll see. And we've um, sold several copies yeah, of the book. Which so. is great. Um, great. So please report back if you've got some yeah. comp titles for us. Yeah. Let me know. I'm very interested to learn. How about The Post? Gosh, this book, this movie is right up my alley and I still haven't seen it. I know. I was shocked that you hadn't seen Look, it. Look, I'll tell you why. And I think that's why it didn't even get... I mean, obviously it's gotten buzz. Like, obviously yeah. it's up for awards. I mean, it stars Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. How yeah, could it how not? Yeah, how could it not? Um... But I'll tell you one reason I have not gone to see it yet is because I have news and political fatigue. And so when I go to see a movie, what I am looking for right now, I mean, truly, 
the other night when we went to see Paddington 2, the two choices Jordan gave me were, do you want to go see The Post or Paddington 2? Normally, I would without hesitation say The Post, even though I loved Paddington, the first one. Um, But at the moment, I was like, I'm stressed, overwhelmed. Please take me to see Paddington 2. Like, so I feel like I've just put off seeing this movie because I have news... News exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, don't we all? Don't we all. But I will say, um, while The Post is not based on a book per se, Mm -hmm. Catherine Graham, who is the The woman Meryl Streep portrays, wrote a very um, positively reviewed and accepted memoir a few years ago called Catherine Graham, A Personal History. Yep. that I would love to read because, as a journalism major, this stuff fascinates me. And even though that is all kind of in my past now, I'm still completely intrigued by books and movies about... Mm-hmm. Um, about journalism, I think uh, Knox from the podcast called it like journalism porn. Yeah, I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> like please. There's a movie. I think it's called State of Play. Did you ever see this? No. With Russell Crowe and Rachel McAdams. Mm, okay. Okay. Right. Um, but there's like even while the credits are rolling, I think there's just a printing press showing the printing of the paper, and I just get it like so happy and excited <laughs> every time I see that happening. So, um. So anyway, so her memoir obviously is, if you were intrigued by the post or if you enjoyed the post, then for sure you might want to check out her memoir. And then I also really loved this book that I read years ago, and I believe it was collections of connected stories. Okay. So the stories all had to do with this newspaper in Europe, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, But each story was a standalone story, and I, like Olive Kittredge, but but for a newspaper. Um, and I liked it way better than Olive Kittredge. It's called The Imperfectionists by Tom Rockman. Um, it is it is excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it would be a great short story collection, too, if you're interested in a story collection. And these are all... Well, I don't know about that one, but these are all kind of serious looks into journalism. But yeah. there's a classic satirical example called Scoop by okay. Evelyn Waugh that's all about kind of his experience, or based on his experience working for the Daily Mail. Okay. And about, like, sensational journalism and how oh, interesting. it ruins everything. Okay. Um, the Daily Beast actually takes its title from that book. Okay. Something I learned this morning. Okay. Um, and so, highly recommend that. It's very funny. Okay. Um, what's next? Uh... Darkest, Darkest hour. hour. Don't know much about this one. It's about Churchill during the Blitz. Um, watch The Crown. I was going to say, <laughs> I got nothing. Um, so let's move on to Dunkirk, which okay. I do want to see because I love Christopher Nolan, oh. and I know that that's cliched, but I don't even care. It's so good. Yeah. It's it really great. good. Jordan and I saw it this summer, which is why I forget it's up for an Oscar. Right. It came out so long ago. It's really, really good. Um, it takes, obviously, this... I don't know, do you use the term battle or this moment in British history before America had entered World right. War II? This, like, despair. Yeah, it's excellent. And what is fascinating about it, and if I remember, if I am remembering correctly, is Christopher Nolan takes, like, three different storylines, right. and they're all different paces. So one is, like, taking place within 24 hours. One is taking place within, like, 60 minutes. And one is taking place, I don't know, within like a half day or three days or something like that. So I think it's okay. three days, 24 hours. That sounds minutes. like Nolan. It, it he is, plays with time a lot. Well, and that sounds confusing, but it wasn't. Right. It was so well handled that you could you could sense. I mean, you just knew what was going on. It's It was really good. 
I mean, it's obviously a war movie, but I yeah. think you'd really no, like I, it. I weirdly like war movies. Yeah. Fury with weird. Brad Pitt is like one of my favorite movies. Okay. It's so I good. I did not know this about right? you. Well, I, I know, think you would like Dunkirk. Um, and anyway, of course, immediately just thought of the World War II novels yep. we have loved. We Were the Lucky Ones, which um, I have referenced constantly. Uh, All the Light We Cannot See. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's that other one that we read? The, the Nightingale. Uh, the Nightingale. But I was even thinking of The Book Thief. Oh, yeah. All these things that kind of take place during World War II. Yeah. They're very good. Um, Phantom Thread. I don't even really want to talk about this because on popular opinion preview here, I hate Paul Thomas Anderson, the director of this movie. I know nothing about this. He did Boogie Nights and he did um, the one a couple years ago. I don't even know. Um, it, um, Inherent Vice. I don't know. Um, I, I have never seen him. I've seen all of his movies and I don't like any of them. No. Um, at all. I was about to say, I don't think I've seen any of these. He did The Master. The one that was kind of okay. about Scientology. I didn't go see it. But also not really. I, all I know about this is that Jordan Jones thought this was the Fifty Shades movie. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the movie. May as well. He saw the movie poster and he couldn't believe Daniel Day-Lewis was in the new Fifty Shades movie. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny so i know nothing about this but i will say because it's based in the fashion industry yep. i have to just throw out there that i think the devil wears prada is a perfectly delightful book um not just a delightful film although it is and then the knockoff which if you're just looking for like a light nothing but fun interesting and so the opposite of any paul thomas anderson movie yeah exactly if so you like, want to cleanse your palate after yes. sitting through this what is probably a terrible movie um <laughs> that's what i heard <laughs> some other things yeah um, and then finally, Get Out. Which we've Which seen. we did both see. I think this movie is phenomenal. It's so good. And so important. It's so and good. so good. And everybody needs to see it. Here's what I love. One time I heard, I don't remember who said this, that sometimes somebody saying that's important feels like yep. not... I think like it was Anne Vogel. Oh, maybe so. Yeah. Like, feels stressful or yeah. something. Get Out is a perfectly entertaining, well-done yep. suspense movie yep. while also saying really important interesting things yeah. um and it gets sci-fi and weird yeah very oh, weird at it the does end. and yet jordan and i were like on the edge of our seats yep. completely enthralled and it keeps you completely engaged even though the whole you're time. a little i mean i mean i probably the closest thing i've seen to this is stepford wives like yeah. the original yeah yeah or, and that's actually i think a very good yeah comp title it's the only um because it, it's using a similar framework to deconstruct a different kind of social value yeah um, about like women's roles and yes. this is working instead with race yeah um, such a good movie. Such a good um, movie. I can't even believe how good this movie is. I wish it would win things. I, don't I know hope if it, it wins will. things. Yeah. Um, to th the fact that it was nominated. Yeah, is a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, it's a win, I guess. And so what are some titles here? Well, the one I immediately thought of, so I'm reading a fiction book and a nonfiction right now, and the nonfiction I'm reading is called So You Want to Talk About Race. Mm -hmm. Whew. It is, um, tough. Like, I'm underlining a lot. I'm feeling convicted a lot. Um, similar to how I felt reading Americana. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, yeah. this is, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, I have some things to work on. Um, but the author, whose name you will pronounce because I cannot. No, oh, um, Ijeoma Oluo? Yes. Um, so she has, I think she is a writer for a lot of like online news organizations and publications, but she has written a really interesting book about Basically, yeah, so you want to talk about race? Let's talk about it. Um, and even just the first chapter or introduction was really convicting and interesting about how, yeah, for you, 
nothing might be about race, but for me, everything is about race. Mm-hmm. And she's and writing. It's not me making it that way. That's right. That's what, and she's saying, like, you, you know. I'm not making it a race thing. It you is. are choosing to ignore that it's a race thing. Yeah. But the way she words it is really respectful. Right. And, and not, and not confrontational. No. Which, I, and I think she has done that on purpose because yeah. she's really trying to appeal to the white audience yes. that needs to hear it. Let's talk about race together. Right. Um, and let's do it in a way that's respectful mm-hmm. and and leads us hopefully to better action. Right. So anyway, if Get Out makes you ask those kinds of questions and and kind of second guess yourself, I really think so you want to talk about race would be a good one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm always going to go for Ta-Nehisi Coates on that one. Yeah. Um, any of his books, Beautiful Struggle, um, We Were Eight Years in Power. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the one? Between the World and Between Me. Between the World and Me. Um, all those all those are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, also his comic book run on Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Um, not my favorite comic book by any means, but, like, does some cool and interesting and important things. Yeah. And it's interesting to see, like, I don't know, a staff writer for The New Yorker, yeah. right? Like, not The not New Yorker. Um, the Atlantic. The Atlantic, thank you. A very different magazine. Yeah. Uh, staff writer for The Atlantic writing Marvel comics. Like, yeah. Very cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to get out and see some of these movies. Clearly, I need to, too. Hopefully um, they're still at AMC. I hope AMC does that weekend. Me too. That's what I'm counting on. Yeah. of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to hear more of our unpopular opinions, you can support us monthly on Patreon to get access to exclusive bonus content like our secret podcast. Check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website for free web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week on the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. A gentleman came to pick up his book he had special ordered, but it was not out yet. It okay. was... it was coming out the following week and I adhered to pretty strict standards and so I did not sell it to him and he was nice but kind of balked a little bit and he said Donald Trump doesn't follow the rules why do you and I said it's my one act of resistance (laughs) pretty good (laughs) I was so proud of myself I was so quick that's pretty good Annie (laughs) thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week